0: Hello. (laughs) Hello. It's good to be here. In general, we come to Seshin with some idea of what we want. Maybe it's inchoate, or maybe we have a very clear conception of what that is we have some idea of what we want to happen, and usually also some idea of what we don't want to happen. Ideas are very powerful. An idea can be a force for good, a force for transformation. In fact, we need them. Ideas aren't the enemy. But we can become lodged within an idea, lodged within a story, and we don't see beyond the story. We don't see what is beyond the story. We don't see the larger context within which the story is held, the largest context. We lose our perspective. That context is large in the sense that it includes everything. We can hold our stories, hold our ideas within that vast context. So far, we haven't gone beyond the refuge. This is the refuge. And we won't go beyond the refuge. There is only the refuge. There's no farther to go than that. And that's not really a going anywhere. So what is this? What is this mystery? How do we face it? What do we do? How do we practice? This is the koan that we all carry. Just by coming here, we enter into that crucible. Bodhidharma came from India, or from Japan, or from Kentucky, or wherever, just to tell us all about this and to show us, to point without even pointing, the very direct individual, a man of few words, Bodhidharma. He just kind of stares at you, stares at the wall. Anyway, this is what he says. He says, you either enter directly through the nature of reality itself. He calls this entering through the principle. Entering through the nature of reality, the nature of mind itself. Or you do some kind of practice. And when you do a practice, you're really just entering through the nature of mind itself. There, too. And Bodhidharma gives us four practices. And these are good practices. The first is accepting adversity. The second is adapting to conditions. The third is seeking nothing. And the fourth is acting in accordance with the Dharma, in accordance with the truth. Now, another way to read these is as the Four Noble Truths. Accepting adversity is facing suffering, the truth of suffering. Adapting to conditions is recognizing the conditions, the causes of suffering and aligning with what is skillful, what is more harmonized with reality. Seeking nothing is liberation and acting in accordance with the Dharma is the path. Before we go any further, I just want to say that There is nothing more important than love, right now. Without that, where would we turn? We would be truly lost. But when we turn, it's always love that turns. It's always love that turns us towards freedom. So Bodhidharma's Four Practices. Calling these Four Practices is a little bit of a Zen Buddhist joke, right? Because there's really not anything that you do. There's really not anything to do. Maybe these are just four different ways of approaching the gate and it's the same gate but might have a different signpost on it. Depending on how you approach you can enter in these four ways. And the sign on the gate it just helps us to Find the courage to enter. All of these practices embody the spirit of, start just where you are. They also embody the spirit of, the starting point is the goal. These are good instructions at any stage of Sashin, at any stage of practice. Start where you are, and the starting point is the goal. But again, what do we do with this? As Pema Chodron is constantly counseling, this is about letting go of the story of no longer being at the mercy of our stories. Our stories are all about good and bad, all about success and failure, like and dislike, and so on. It's the whole delusion factory. We pass through it before we even enter the gate. The secret is, you don't even need to enter the gate, because you're already in. This is it, but you might need a gate anyway. So Bodhidharma is here saying, there's a gate. So what does it mean to let go of the story? It's not that we have to deconstruct or abandon or even exit the story, but that we recognize that it's a story. When we think we're caught, we recognize, oh, I have this idea, I have this judgment about what's happening, I think this is bad, I think this is good. And that feeling of being caught is being caught in our own judgments, our own ideas. And that moment where we can recognize that is key. And sometimes the story is thickly layered and it can feel burdensome it can feel inescapable it can feel like reality but in meditation we open up that space to recognize that there's more to reality than that view of it and so we recognize I'm caught in my own story. And sometimes that's something that we really want, this idea that we have of how we want to be feeling, what we want to be experiencing. And sometimes it's a story that goes way back. and. A story we've been telling ourselves for a very long time. So when we're in this space of feeling caught and feeling the weight of the story, we have to become curious about the dissatisfaction, about the suffering that is present there. We have to really be interested in finding out what it's made of. And sometimes there's severe, very obvious suffering, discomfort, extreme this or that. But sometimes we have to, we have to actually dig a little bit to, to recognize that there's dissatisfaction there. It can be subtle. So we have to acknowledge that first, that, oh, there's, there's a sense that something isn't quite right or the situation isn't quite complete, a sense of discontentment. And then we become curious about where is this coming from? What is this discontentment? That sense of discontentment might be something that we've been walking around with for years, and we're inured to it to some extent. We've just learned to live with it, and we haven't really investigated, haven't really faced it. So when we look into that, often we find that there's something that we're believing or something that we are concluding, a judgment of some kind that we're making about reality, about the situation. And it's manifesting as a resistance or a rejection or a grasping, uh, a craving. and this basic sense of discontentment. And so we just keep looking into that. And when we look into it, the terrain can shift. We start to see textures that we didn't see before. And the whole landscape of our practice can open up and transform in those very subtle moments of probing, of carefully inspecting, or even just of staying with it, of staying upright, staying present, staying, staying, just continuing continuing to open our hearts to the experience that is coming to us. This is accepting adversity. This is being one with adversity. It's not just a cognitive acceptance. That really isn't the point at all. But it's the the embodied encounter with ourselves The attitude for all of this is seeking nothing, as Bodhidharma says. It sounds profound. It sounds like kind of a high mystical attainment of some kind, seeking nothing. But it's something that we all know very well, that desire is a trap. Desire is an endless cycle. If you give a mouse a cookie, right, that's, that's, that's Bodhidharma's third practice. Um, don't do that. Um, seeking nothing. Stepping off of the wheel of desire. Or not even so much stepping off of it, but recognizing it for what it is. If we're practicing, driven by the desire mind, we're never going to get it. We're, we're going to be waiting at the corner till the end of time. Waiting for it, and it's it doesn't work. So, seeing through that doesn't leave us just as a puddle or jellyfish, aspiration is deeper than this grasping desire. Aspiration comes from the heart. Aspiration is real. And actually, it didn't originate with us. Aspiration has no end. It seeks no end. Aspiration is seeking nothing. Desire grasps at forms. It grasps at states. It grasps at temporary fixes, good conditions that we want. Really anything in the realm of form, that is what we grasp for. That is desire. So it's not that we have to put an end to our natural biological impulses or put an end to the movement towards comfort and away from pain. But to no longer be driven by that, to no no longer believe in that, to be invested in that as the path to happiness is essential. That's renunciation, that's seeking nothing, not playing that game. And again, the radical alternative is bodhicitta, which is the energy of freedom, the energy of liberation itself, that lives through us, is already living through us, even as we seek after these temporary relative conditions. Bodhicitta is already living through us, through all of this. This practice of seeking nothing can be quite joyous and playful and full of beauty. We had a guest sitting right here a few days ago, Byakuren Judith Ragier. And she told a wonderful story about sitting for hours and hours on her back patio doing retreat. And her mind became so quiet, she said. And she didn't even know that that was good. She wasn't thinking, oh, I want my mind to be quiet, or, she wasn't seeking. She wasn't seeking after the state, but she just, by letting go of that seeking mind, became very peaceful. And, a bird came and landed on her head. And she still wasn't really th- even thinking about it, it was just wonder, just nature, and then it flew away. We, we can't accurately imagine what awakening will be. We can't plan for it, our strategies are not in line with reality. So all of that is just detritus, it's it's just debris in the mind and it's fine. It doesn't have to disturb us. We just immerse in the experience. Because actually we can't accurately imagine anything. We can't accurately imagine any experience that we could possibly have. We just immerse in the experience, just immerse, immerse. And this is the practice of not knowing, beginner's mind which is also the starting point is the goal, which is also start right here. And this is what Bodhidharma means by acting in accordance with Dharma. Mr. Mr. B. Dharma. This is the truth of suchness, the truth of reality, just as it is, complete. We experience that all at once. We don't have to make anything happen, we can let go of thoughts about the past, about the future. and just immerse in this pure spontaneity, this generosity that is this moment. All of these instructions from Bodhidharma are just pointing to the nature of reality as it actually is. Nothing is fixed in reality. Nothing is just one way or the other. Everything is included. Reality is utterly comprehensive and beyond concepts. Includes, embraces all opposites. It's completely interpermeating in every way with endless perspectives blossoming out in every direction. Endless sides to everything. In Zazen, we're immersing in this blossoming reality. It's the truth of the Avatamsaka Sutra, the Flower Ornament Sutra, the great kaleidoscopic masterpiece of Mahayana Buddhism, which describes the net of Indra, this vast network of interconnected jewels reflecting and interacting with one another Infinite complexity, infinite field of holographic relationships, sparkling, reflecting, conscious. That's Zazen, we're immersing in this. It's the reality of inconceivability where we find ourselves when, beyond thinking, there's no separation in this reality. We can't point to this or that. We can't say, this is good, this is not good. we just can't say what it is zazen is a beautiful intelligent courageous generous heart-opening radical response to that reality it is an utterly sane response to that reality it's not zazen is not some kind of dead State or a way of insulating ourselves against the world or escaping. It's not hollow, it's life being filled with life. And the zazen posture is allowing life to be filled with life, the flower ornament of this moment. And Mahakasyapa smiles. This moment is that flower. It's the Buddha smiling. It's the heart smiling. Indra's net smiling. Zazen is a mudra in the way that a smile is a mudra. Reality is vast, dynamic, unceasing, and the heart is this way. Our very mind, our own nature is this vast, unceasing, dynamic, creative, interconnected mystery. We include everything. This mind, this heart includes everything. Everything is wondrously embraced within the real, within the cauldron of Zazen. This embrace is what makes it possible for us to feel all the little problems, all the little enemies of life, all the little irritations and the dramas, even the big dramas, even the big stories are held within this cauldron and sometimes we have to let ourselves be held sometimes we have to be disarmed fall back and then just continue continue There's a rough patch, continue, continue, no conclusions. When we do this, we're entrusting ourselves and we're acknowledging that we don't see the whole picture. And this is the refuge, this is the continual refuge of Zazen. The enemy is the Dharma. The problem, the pain, is the Dharma, is the path. As part of this process, this alchemical process, And there's healing that happens in ways that we really don't understand. And we might be feeling one way, but we don't know what's really happening. We don't know what the fruit will be. So please have faith and continue.